This afternoon I proclaim to you the doctrine of God's holy word as we confess that in Lord's Day 25 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 25. We'll also read in connection with that Article 33 of the Belgian Confession. Since then faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his benefits, where does this faith come from? From the Holy Spirit who works it in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and strengthens it by the use of the sacraments. What are the sacraments? The sacraments are holy, visible signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by their use he might the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel. And this is the promise that God graciously grants us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life because of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. How many sacraments has Christ instituted in the new covenant? Two, holy baptism and the holy supper. And then we'll read article 33 of the Belgic Confession. We'll focus on the, the sacraments this afternoon and we confess there the following. We believe that our gracious God, mindful of our insensitivity and weakness, has ordained sacraments to seal his promises to us and to be pledges of his goodwill and grace towards us. He did so to nourish and sustain our faith. He has added these to the word of the gospel to represent better to to our external senses both what he declares to us in his word and what he does inwardly in our hearts. Thus he confirms to us the salvation which he imparts to us. Sacraments are visible signs and seals of something internal and invisible by means of which God works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the signs are not void and meaningless so that they deceive us. For Jesus Christ is their truth. Apart from him, they would be nothing. Moreover, we are satisfied with the number of sacraments which Christ our Master has instituted for us, namely two the sacrament of baptism, and the Holy Supper of Jesus Christ. So far, our confessions. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, boys and girls who belong to him, the matter of sacraments is a kind of a divisive thing in the Christian church or in many churches. There are a lot of different views about the sacraments, about, the, about baptism, about the Lord's Supper, and that's not a recent thing. Those differences were already there at the time of the Reformation. Of course, between the Church of Rome and the Reformers, there, was also, there were also Lots of differences as far as the sacraments are concerned, but also between the reformers like Luther and Calvin and Swingley. They differed on the matter of the sacraments. 
And those differences continue even among reformed churches. The celebration of the Lord's Supper is different here in this church than it would be in one of the Netherlands reformed churches. And then you have the differences between Baptist and Reformed churches with regard to the sacrament of baptism. It can get quite confusing and you wonder if you can make any sense of it at all. Or is it even that important? If we try to make sense of it, wouldn't wouldn't that just make the differences greater? And are the, the sacraments really, really that important? Well, you could ask yourself then, that if the sacraments weren't all that important, would the devil make such effort to work division and strife about them among Christians? Congregation, holy baptism and the Holy Supper are such great gifts of God to his church that the devil does everything in his power to hinder their pure administration as shown in the Bible. Someone once said that Satan is out to make a mess out of everything that's truly beneficial to God's people. And you realize then that he's going to work as hard as he can to make a mess out of the sacraments. And that we should work as hard as we can to come to the biblical understanding of the sacraments. And this afternoon we use our guide Lord's Day 25 as, as guide and what we confess there about the sacraments and it's a good guide. It directs us to the true meaning and the use of the sacraments as we find it in the Bible and we need that because we're all inclined to make issues of the wrong things when it comes to the sacraments. At baptism, whether the parents stand at the front or in the benches or with the Lord's Supper, whether we use individual cups or common cups, whether we come to the front for the bread and wine or receive it in the benches or whether we have tables, before you know it, you pay more attention to the people and the manner than to the focus of the sacraments, which is Jesus Christ. So this afternoon with Lord's Day 25, we confess the sacraments. And we pay attention to three things. They signify and seal God's work. They strengthen faith in his work, and they need to be used by us. First of all, they signify and seal God's work. Congregation, the catechism shows us from the Bible that the sacraments are not about us, about what we do, our actions, but it's about what God does. What are the sacraments? You know, read with me again. There in Lord's Day 25, there are The sacraments are holy, visible signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by their use, he might the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel. And this is the promise that God graciously grants us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life because of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. That's all from God, all from him. All about what he does not about what we do. First, the second part of that answer. God grants forgiveness of sins and everlasting life because of Christ's one sacrifice. And you see that signified at a baptism and with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Water washes and represents the washing with the blood and spirit of Christ. 
God promises to wash us in Christ. And at the Lord's Supper celebration, you see bread and wine. And they represent Jesus' body, which was broken, put to death, and his blood, which was poured out. God feeds our life with Christ. He keeps us alive in Christ. So the the sacraments are all about what he does. He washes. He feeds. He adopts. He forgives. He gives new life. You see then that we live out of God's grace alone. For we can't escape Satan's power out of ourselves. We can't cleanse ourselves of sin. We can't bring ourselves to love and serve God. We can't give ourselves faith. We can't keep ourselves standing in faith. No, our hope and joy is that the Lord does it all. He begins. He keeps. He fulfills. It's his work of grace. And that's what the sacraments are about. That's what they show. If I had to bring my own relationship with God about by myself in any way at all, if I had to maintain that relationship with God somehow, keep it up, and if I had to bring myself to keep up the fight against sin, if I had to contribute anything at all to my own salvation and progress, I'd be lost now and forever. No congregation, the sacraments show that the Lord God works it all. And so we shouldn't shift the attention to the people, to what we do when it comes to the sacraments. By the way, this is how the Baptists go wrong. It's all about their faith. They're confessing their faith and so on. But congregation, it's, it's about God. We sometimes get the impression um, that it's our doing from the way we talk about the sacraments. Parents have their child baptized, we, or we let ourselves be baptized, or the congregation celebrates the Lord's Supper. Then the focus is on what we do, but the sacraments themselves focus on what God does. He shows us there visibly what he works for us. And that's a reason why, by the way, the sacraments are administered and supervised by the consistory appointed by God. They proclaim he does it all. He washes away. He feeds. He nourishes. And now back to the beginning of answer 66. Note we confess there that God instituted the sacraments so that he might the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel. He does that by representing his promises to us in that visible way. We're we're so insensitive and weak when it comes to believing what he says in the gospel. We confess that in Article 33, the Belgian Confession. We hear so many words during the day that we cannot and do not pay attention to all of them. We let so much of what we hear just slide by us when it comes to words. And then we have a hard time focusing our thoughts. Our thoughts wander We think of other things while we hear those promises being proclaimed to us, also in church here. A hard time to keep our minds with it. We think of family, car, finances, relationships, and so on, and then the gospel becomes vague to us. Yeah, we know a few of the highlights. And God knows that, that it's dangerous for us, and so he makes his work of salvation in Christ visible to us in the sacraments. Very plainly and simply. Now, some churches, you know, they make a big show of the sacraments. All kinds of ceremony and other symbols and rituals. Which also distract from 
what the sacraments are intended to show. They insert the, the, the human into it again. But God simply wants to represent to us the gospel of salvation in Christ plainly with water and with bread and wine. And that's how he helps us focus our hearts and minds on what's important, on his work, his promises to us in Christ. And what a blessing the sacraments are then for us in this busy, noisy world we live in today. In the quiet of a worship service, with plain water, or with simple bread and wine, our gracious God focuses our souls on the basic message. This is what Jesus Christ, my Son, has done and still does for you. And he does that to strengthen our faith in him and his promises. And that brings us to the second part of the sermon. The sacraments strengthen faith in his work. We confess in the first question and answer of Lord's Day 25 that faith is worked by the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the gospel. Faith comes by hearing. And it's upheld by hearing. But it's also strengthened by the use of the sacraments. And that's because our faith is always being attacked by doubts and is not strong enough to keep overcoming those doubts and questions which come when we have to deal with troubles and trials in life. That's part and parcel of faith, in fact, that you struggle with doubts and questions. Faith, as it were, attracts struggles with doubts and questions, like fruit attracts wasps. Think of the attacks of conscience. Faith acknowledges sin. Faith knows that you're guilty before God of this and that sin in the past and that you're still inclined to those sins. And then your conscience attacks you and says to you, if you've sinned against those commandments of God and you're still inclined to commit those sins, then you can't be a child of God, can you? You're too wicked, too sinful, too insincere, too hypocritical, too far gone to receive God's grace. And then your faith is too weak to overcome that doubt at that time to say, nevertheless, but God has given the sacraments which say, look, look at what I have done for you and promised to you in Christ. Focus on that. And the devil attacks our faith. He exploits our sinful nature so that our devotion to God fades away and our prayer life becomes routine and and more focused on ourselves so we worry more about ourselves than about his kingdom and his righteousness. Then the devil whispers in our minds, if you were truly a child of God and you had his grace, you'd be a lot different than you are now, wouldn't you? More motivated, more sincere, more zealous. So how can you say you're a child of God? And then your faith is too weak to overcome that affliction at the time to say, nevertheless, but God has given the sacraments which say, look, look at what I've done for you and promised you in Christ. You are mine. And then you have the trials which can uh, attack you too. Uh, When you're burdened with cares, with sorrows, you pray and you pray, but nothing changes, and then you wonder why God is treating you as he does, and then it looks as if God is angry with you and he doesn't care about you, and then your faith is too weak to overcome that affliction in time to say, but nevertheless, God, but God has given the sacraments which say, look, 
Look at what I've done for you and promised you in Christ. I love you. And your own reasonings, your own mind can attack your faith too. You know, you, you wonder if you're one, one of God's elect people. You, you reason that if you're not chosen from eternity by God, then, then nothing you do is going to help anyway. So how do I know for sure that I'm chosen to everlasting life? And then your faith again is too weak to overcome that affliction at the time. So and too weak to say, but nevertheless, God... And that's why God has given the sacraments too, which say, look at what I've done for you and promised to you in Christ. I want you. See, congregation, true faith is threatened and attacked in those ways and more. And of yourself, you're too weak to continually beat off those attacks. You get tired of it. And that happens, right? You see, wasps are attracted to real fruit, They're not attracted to imitation fruit, the plastic fruit that you have in the bowl. It might look incredibly realistic, but wasps aren't going to be interested in it. No. They go for the real fruit. And imitation faith might look good, but is not attacked by fears and doubts and struggles. Imitation faith says, of course God loves me, and of course I'm good enough to go to heaven. But that's unreal. Imitation faith. You trust yourself. You trust your own faith. And then you realize you need to be humbled and made small. You need to repent. Real faith is always under attack. And that's why God gave us the sacraments. For by means of those sacraments, he shows us that sinners are made right with him again and again and again in Christ, that he is faithful to us in Christ. It's because of him and only because of him that God loves us, continues to be favorable to us. Because of Christ, God is gracious to struggling sinners who are capable of all kinds of sins and who deserve to be punished who can't stand on their own, who are unworthy in themselves. God is gracious because of Christ. The water of baptism signifies his blood. The bread and wine of the Lord's Supper signify his body and blood. And that's only and only because of that one sacrifice of Christ for us on the cross that God is gracious to us poor sinners. And he assures us of his graciousness by the sacraments. He says, that's for you. John Calvin compared the sacraments to a handrail on a narrow bridge over water. Now I have to think of the Capilano suspension bridge near Vancouver. Don't know if you've ever been on it. One of the highest and longest suspension footbridges in the world. And if you walk out on it, it gets pretty shaky when you're in the middle of it. But fortunately, there are handrails to hang on to as you walk across Well, so in the sacraments, God gives us handrails to hang on to in this life so that we can, they lead us to him. How good he is then to give us those sacraments. He has done everything he could to lead us to and to keep us in his grace. Let's use the sacraments to strengthen the faith which the Spirit works in us by the word then.
And that brings me to the last part of the sermon this afternoon. The sacraments need to be used by us. We confess in the first answer of Lord's Day 25 that God's Spirit strengthens our faith by the use of the sacraments. So the sacraments don't automatically strengthen our faith. We need to use them. And congregation, you use baptism in a different way than you use the Lord's Supper. Maybe you have a struggle at some time with questions such as, does God really love me? I'm such a sinner. I can't imagine he'd still want me. Does he really want me to want to be my God and Father? Well, it's to help with questions like that that God gave holy baptism. He gave baptism to signify and seal to you. Yes, I want you as my child. I will be your covenant God as I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you were a child of wrath, conceived and born in sin and helpless, I showed you with the sprinkling with or immersion with water that I cleanse you in Christ and that you, you belong to me forever. You're mine. Would I signify and seal that promise with water and then say, no, I don't want you after all? No. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, baptism is a trustworthy testimony that we have an eternal covenant relationship established with us by God. And we can fall back on our baptism every day again. Every time we fall again. For instance, then in prayer, use our baptism then. Father, you love me. You promised at my baptism to wash all my sins away and to cleanse my heart of those impure desires. Please forgive me then. Cleanse my heart more and more of the sin that still lives there that I have such a struggle with. Help me. Do we use our baptism like that enough? Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, do we use it? And then we also have to deal with questions related to our faith, to being able to continue in faith. Will I be able to keep believing and living in faith also in the future? You know, it's, it's so hard to believe and to live as a Christian today. We're bombarded with so much information today and that can bring with it all kinds of questions and doubts and, and temptations and then we think about the future too. What does the future hold for us, for our children, our grandchildren? Things are turning against us as Christians here. Can we keep it up? Will I be able to stand if I was persecuted? Well, that's why the Lord, our God, also instituted the Lord's Supper. He tells us with the bread and the wine, I will nourish you and sustain you and keep you in faith and help you to make it to the eternal feast of the Lamb. And so we can use that sacrament every day too. We don't just make use of the Lord's Supper six times a year when it's celebrated here. No, we can use it every day in prayer. Lord, you said you would keep me standing and moving forward in faith. You let me eat and drink at the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Lord, make it true what you showed and sealed to me with that bread and wine. Keep me in Christ. Let me make progress in my way to the eternal marriage feast of the Lamb. See, that's how you use the sacraments.
not just feeling close to God at the time, you know, you watch a baptism or experiencing a boost as you eat the bread and drink the wine at the Lord's Supper. No, he gave us the sacraments so we can use them daily even. He shows and says with the sacraments, for the sake of Christ, I promise to grant you forgiveness, renewal, nourishment, perseverance. And faith says time and again, Lord, give me what you promised me, what you signified and sealed to me. Give it to me, Lord. Make true what you said you would do for me in Christ. That's using your baptism and the Lord's Supper. And you realize also then that the sacraments don't have any benefit at all if there is no faith. In fact, if they aren't used in faith, it doesn't only mean that you don't receive what is promised. No, then they even add to your condemnation. If the Lord has promised you these things and you brush him aside, can he just take that? If you brush aside his love in Christ, think of the Lord's Supper celebration. If God in Christ opens his arms to receive you there in love and mercy, then you in, and, and you in turn don't reach out to him with arms of faith. You can imagine he's not only going to be upset by that, he's terribly hurt and angered by it. You ignore him in your heart and he can't just let that go then you eat and drink to your condemnation. And the same with baptism. God took you in his arms in love to be your father in Christ. But if you later turn your back on him and his promises, you say, I don't want this father. I want to be my own God. Your baptism only makes your condemnation all the heavier. See, it can only go in one direction, toward God. With the the sacraments, God doesn't leave us free, neutral. You can be mine if you want to, but if you don't, that's okay. No, he wants you and me as his own children, his people, his bride. He seriously wants us. And therefore, it must go only in one direction. Lord, I can't live without you. I can't live outside of you. Lord, you said you wanted me for yourself. Make me yours. That's using the sacraments. That's where God wants to lead us via the sacraments. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, merciful Father, thank you for not only giving the Spirit spirit through the Word to work faith in our hearts, but also instituting sacraments to strengthen our faith, baptism and Holy Supper. Help us to use those sacraments as you intended, to use them, to seek wholeheartedly after the cleansing from sins and the renewal and nourishment to eternal life which are signified and sealed to us in baptism and Lord's Supper. And let us so prepare ourselves for the celebration of the Supper of the Lord next Sunday too. Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing in response to the proclamation.